You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove Podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. From 1895 to 1898, there was a newspaper cartoon, The Yellow Kid, and it ran in two different newspapers simultaneously because the creator of it lost rights to his character, and so two papers using two different artists ran different versions of the same cartoon. The Yellow Kid was among the first color comic strips. It was published using the color separations of subtractive primaries, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And the kid, the character, was called the Yellow Kid because he was often wearing an oversized yellow shirt that had his thoughts written on it. And his thoughts were written in sort of a improper improper grammar, the vernacular. It was meant to be this sort of satire as kids, sort of mischievous kids from the the wrong part of town were acting out. And it was a commentary that was portraying kids, but aimed at, at adults. What I find interesting is this yellow kid gave us the term yellow journalism. Newspapers used to be referred to as yellow kid newspapers, then yellow papers, and yellow kid journalists, then yellow journalists. And it's a term that basically refers to sensationalist newspapers using questionable tactics with stories that may or may not be true, but they're designed to get readers. The yellow kid newspapers and yellow journalism, they were essentially the 19th century version of clickbait trying to grab people's attention. So now in the 21st century, I'm going to ask all of you listeners to please stick around for this listicle of shocking, weird facts you never knew about the color yellow. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. 
Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. And today, for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be talking about the color yellow. Now, yellow is considered one of the primary colors. It's actually one of the primary colors in two different color models. The traditional model, based on Sir Isaac Newton's color wheel, um, includes yellow as one of the primaries. And the sort of tweaked version of that that is a little bit more accurate used for printing methods, cyan, magenta, and yellow, yellow would be included as one of the subtractive primaries. Now, some people might say like cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Um, I'm saying cyan, magenta, and yellow just because black is only included in the printing model because it is cheaper to have black ink than to use cyan, magenta, and yellow to mix and create the black. But the only three necessary primaries for a subtractive model are cyan, magenta, and yellow. Now, yellow is the name that we give to light with the dominant wavelengths of roughly 570 to 590 nanometers. And even though it is basically right around the middle of the visible light spectrum, it is said to be the most luminous or brightest color in the visible light spectrum. It is also said to be the first color that catches our eye or the first color that is identifiable. And that is why yellow is associated with warning signs. In traffic lights, the yellow light tells us, you know, sort of caution, slow down, prepare to stop. Yellow is used on the vests people wear to increase their visibility on construction sites, for example. Yellow is used on caution signs to alert us that there might be children at play in the neighborhoods we drive through. Yellow is used on school buses to make them bright and identifiable and easy for us to spot. Yellow also alerts us as to what snow would not be fit for us to eat. Interestingly, public safety professionals are not the only ones who noticed that yellow seems to be so highly visible and eye-catching. Yellow is also utilized by a lot of graphic designers to catch people's attention as well as to create that warm, positive feeling. If you start paying attention, you might notice yellow in a lot of advertisements. Now, just as I said yellow was one of the first colors to catch a human's eye, yellow is also one of the first colors that humans were able to produce for artistic purposes. Just as I said in my red episode, artists were using red ochre to paint on the walls of caves. Yellow ochre has also been used since prehistoric times. And in what appears to be another recurring theme, yellow pigments throughout history have also been highly toxic and poisoning people in various times and cultures. In ancient Egypt, um, yellow was associated with gold, which was considered to be imperishable, eternal, sort of indestructible. They thought that the skin and bones of the gods were made from gold. And so the Egyptians used yellow in a lot of their tomb paintings, which is in some ways kind of fitting and in some ways kind of ironic because they used either the yellow ochre as has been used throughout history, or they often favored the brilliant orpiment, which was made with arsenic. So again, using a highly toxic poison to make the color that they associated with the imperishable and sort of eternal life. 
in their tombs. And of course, by the 18th and 19th centuries, yellow, like other colors, was being manufactured using synthetic pigments and dyes. George Seurat actually experimented a lot with color in his Impressionist and Pointillist paintings. He's best known for his painting Sunday Afternoon on La Grande Jatte. Uh, very first episode was on him and his painting. But one of the colors that he favored and experimented with in that painting in particular was zinc yellow, um, which unfortunately was highly unstable and quickly turned brown. An artist who was a contemporary of Seurat and another early adopter of the new synthetic pigments was Vincent van Gogh. He was particularly fond of the color yellow. He loved to paint sunflowers and his little yellow house he rented in Arles, France, which he described as a buttery yellow. Vincent van Gogh used traditional ochre, but he was also a fan of chrome yellow, which was first made in 1809, and cadmium yellow, which was made in 1820. Now, cadmium is a heavy metal that can be a little bit toxic. It is generally considered to be safe in the form of a paint, but one would not want to be inhaling dust from cadmium in like a powdered pigment form. So there you have a little bit about yellow, the first color that tends to catch people's eye. It is a color to look out for, whether it is on a caution sign or the arsenic-laden pigments on an Egyptian tomb, or perhaps scariest of all, the yellow in the snow our children seem to just love to consume. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.